We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Original. High noon in the District of Columbia. Um, I, you know, I proudly support my brother, Mitch Tischler, for sticking true to himself and choosing Backstreet Boys as his walk-up music. I like it. It's, it's iconic, dude. Uh, what up, Mitchell? How do you do? Yeah. What's going on, guys? I thought we had, I thought we had finished uh, that it was going to be uh, Boys to Men for the walk-up music. Nah. I think, I think yeah, it's Backstreet they, Boys. They, they, they were boys, not their men. Yeah. Um, Backstreet Boys <laughs> to Men. Maybe we'll rotate. Um, there you go. Obviously, Mitch usually joins us on Tuesdays, joining us today because he and I will be – traveling out to the Super Bowl tomorrow or tonight, and Lord knows what will happen tomorrow. Um, Grant said we're not going to make it. Greg's wrong. Um, Not Greg, Grant. Grant said we're not going to make it. In what capacity? To the show. In the mornings. (laughs) He's at 7 o'clock. It's too early. travel advice from Grant Paulson. That guy, (laughs) we we traveled on the beat together a couple times. He had his own issues. Yeah, it also helps that we're staying at Mandalay Bay and Radio Rose at Mandalay there, Bay. Yes, best thing, best move we ever made. Now, obviously, it's going to be a little bit of a walk. It's not like it's in our room, but we're going to make it work. I'm, I'm going to go to bed tonight. I'm only there a couple nights, which I think will really help me. I, I mean, you're not going to bed tonight. <laughs> no, I am. I am. I'm going to. We land Vegas time like eight thirty ish, nine. Blah blah. I think I'll be asleep. By eleven thirty ish, over. That's if that's if bees <laughs> don't meet you over. in the in the lobby, which I already <laughs> told him to do. What time are you going to bed tonight? Me? Yeah, one of them. <laughs> one of them. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, my <laughs> wife was kind of joking with me. She's like, you know, the Super Bowl usually gets better of you, and this year it's in Vegas. <laughs> I'm like, I know, sweetheart. I'm I'm prepared. I've got a plan. Uh, um, Mitch, who do you think's voice sounds worse by the end of the week, me or B? I, I, I've done the Super Bowl with both of you guys a number of times, and, and it's a guarantee that your voice will sound worse. However, uh, I, I am concerned about B in Vegas. No, no I'm, I, I'm normally better in Vegas. I take it. I take it easy. more of a dive bar type guy. You're you're you're, you're a little more upscale, and, and Vegas doesn't have a whole lot of dive bars out there. Yeah. All right. We will. We will find out shortly. <laughs> um, big man, let's let's talk through oh, Dan boy. Quinn. Let let's start there. I don't think we've had you on the radio. I know we recorded the pod. Um, what's your reaction to the Dan Quinn hire? And we'll we'll dig into coordinators from there. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, since the beginning, I was I was talking about I wanted a guy like Raheem, who was going to be your kind of leader as your as your head coach. So I like the hire in Dan Quinn, obviously. The way that it came about kind of, you know, maybe makes it a little less exciting, but that doesn't mean that I'm not optimistic about it. And uh, at the end of the day, kind of the circumstances around how it happened doesn't really matter all that much. All that matters is uh, what happens when when Dan steps foot in uh, in Ashburn and, and starts getting to work. And uh, he brought in his uh, coordinators pretty quickly, and it sounds like uh, 
they're 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 on they're on the ground ready to go. So speaking of the coordinators, then I, yeah, I mean, I think you've been a little more optimistic on the Quinn Morris thing than I have. I, I think I would have probably rolled the dice in a different direction, but whatever, we'll figure all that out. Um, now he's the guy, so the rest of it kind of doesn't matter to me. Um, let's start with the one I think is the easier one to celebrate. Um, I think Joe Witt's a really good hire. I think he did a lot of great work in that Dallas secondary. I think you've got some pieces here that you'd love to actually develop, especially a first-rounder and Emmanuel Forbes, and, and maybe that can be reclaimed. Maybe you can get him back to a spot where he helps your team. I think Quan Martin looks like a promising young player. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Cam Curl, but you still have Derek Forrest. There's a lot of guys here. Uh, I like the wit hire. What do you make of it? Yeah, I really like the wit hire a lot, especially when you combine them, you know, with, with Dan Quinn. Obviously, they know each other extremely well. We've worked together for, you know, for a while now. But uh, the commander's secondary has been the biggest mess of probably just about any secondary in the NFL I would say over the past couple seasons. I mean, more than a year, couple seasons, Mitch. Sure, but let's talk about just the last four seasons because most, for the most part, those are the guys that are here running around in the secondary like chickens with their heads cut off. Um, and you look at what Joe Witt did in 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 Dallas, and you know some of the guys that he developed there, and it, you know, the, I, I think there's a good opportunity here for um, not just Quan uh, and and Emmanuel Forbes, but also guys like. Uh, Percy Butler and, and uh, you know, some of those mid-round draft picks who have kind of been been jerked around a little bit by the previous yeah. uh, administration. So they're going to have an opportunity to, to succeed. And I like uh, what I saw a lot out of Dallas's defense, both, you know, in their creativity and, and also the turnover aspect. And so um, Joe Witt should be exciting for fans, even if he's not a name that, you know, was a household name before, before he got hired. And uh, hopefully he's able to sort out what's happening back there because, the less receivers are running open 30 yards downfield, the better it is. I think that's that one, That's the one thing I'm more looking forward to where I have watched, you, you said three, four years, it's been even before Ron's crew came in here, where the secondary is always having conversations, not looking when the ball is right. snapped. So I'm looking for a guy who can allow these guys to be able to just go out there and play ball. Because like I've always said, if you're on the football field thinking you're losing, point blank. Yeah. I agree, and, and, you know, I think a lot of it is you want uh, – listen, I hated the word positional flex from the second that Ron started, you know, uh, tossing it around when he was here. You want guys that have the, the ability to play, you know, around, uh, you know, the football field in different positions. But at the same time, when you overload young guys' minds with multiple different roles and, you know, three, four different uh, positions, it makes it tough for them to succeed because they're out there on the football field thinking and not playing like you just said. So I like the idea that, you know – this guy's going to come in and kind of help solidify roles and point guys in the right direction and, and you know, uh, not have guys like Christian Holmes or, or Percy Butler, Derek Forrest, having to learn, you know, two, three, four different secondary positions and, and get them where they're, where they're able to get out on the field, play free, play smooth. And then as their careers develop, you can start working in, you know, the, that position flex and the different uh, things that, that you want from, from, from some veterans. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm optimistic that this defense is going to improve uh, at least the, the deep ball and, and, and the communication quickly. I hope to God so. Talking with Mitch Tischler here from the Beltway Football Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Mitch underscore Tischler. Um, I hear the reasons for optimism, and, and perhaps I even share them, but one 
real defensive concern, I think, is pass rush. And, and, and where is this going to be coming from? Um, I think if you look at what Dallas did really well is they were able to generate pressure. And obviously it's easy to talk about Micah, but you also had Tank Lawrence. I mean, you, you had pressure all over the field. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitch, how worried are you about them generating pressure this season? I mean, certainly with the guys they have in-house, a lot. Um, I did like what I saw from uh, Andre Jones for most of the most of the year last year, and K.J. Henry seemed to play solid at the end of the year. But I think that's something that they're going to address. I think when you look kind of big picture at this thing, you know, I think a lot of – I think they're going to attack the offense in the draft and try and supplement the defense through for agency. I mean, there's a bunch of big-name pass rushers out there, and this team has a lot of money, and – that's a place where I'd be willing to spend premier money to to bring in, you know, a guy like Brian Burns if he is ultimately ends up hitting free agency. And um, so they definitely need to bring in some help. And uh, it's not they don't have a, a good enough group in house right now. But that's why you give uh, Adam Peters all the all the opportunities to walk down the each different grocery aisle and pick out what uh, what ingredients you want. But didn't I like we noticed that the previous regime did not like the blitz a lot. And I know people say, oh, they blitz. No, no, no. They wasn't blitzing like other teams. That's not the problem when it comes down to uh, Dan Quinn and his crew. They have corners coming off the edge. They do a lot of different things to disrupt you and make you have to speed up your process. I believe if they do things like that, they can they can create some pressure without just having that dominant guy there. But then again, like you it's, said, in free agency, go get somebody. It's also yeah, and re- listen, remarkable one of the things that, that everything they invested – in the draft, at D-line and edge rusher, that they are just SOL now. It, I mean, it is. <laughs> and, and, and I don't want to – I like K.J. Henry and, and Andre Jones. I, those guys showed flashes. But, I mean, everything they invested at those positions and now they got nothing is, is really kind of an indictment on the Rivera era. How they get set up so that all five – their top five edge rushers are all free agents at the end of the same season – should be mind-boggling in the NFL this season. That's just an entire lack of planning from that group. Um, but, B, to your point about uh, Dan Quinn bringing pressure and stuff, you know, I'm not saying there's a Micah Parsons on this roster, but you look at what he did does with Micah, did with Micah Parsons last year, moving him around the yeah. defense in all these different places. You know, you think about some of the exciting pe- – some of the pieces that, you know, are there, and not that they're going to be Micah Parsons, but – what if they start moving around John Allen to get him in actual advantageous matchups instead of just lining him up over the middle and having him, you know, rush against a, a double team guard and center every single snap? Mm-hmm. You know, you think about Cam Curl if you get him in a little bit of some, you know, some different locations if he's back next year. I just think you can think about the the way that the the defense is going to look so different than it did under Ron because Dan Quinn has shown in the past an ability to make adjustments and and try and move guys so that they get the matchups that they so they get matchups they can win. Yeah, you know, I wonder if there's not some sort of saving for um for Jamin Davis. I I don't know, and and I think it's still entirely possible he's not even on the team um just cuz once they don't pick up that option year, t- things tend to kind of go sideways faster, but maybe that's a guy you can still figure out how to use more effectively. Um, let's switch sides of the ball. Offense. Uh, talking with our friend Mitch Tischler here on the Beltway Football. From the Beltway Football Podcast, rather, excuse me. Um, 
What do you think of Kingsbury, dude? I think of Kingsbury a lot like I think of Dan Quinn. If you're a guy who's open to, you know, the the concept that you can learn as you grow in your career and, and make make adjustments, make changes, you know, figure out where you went wrong the first time around and not make those same mistakes, then you got to be, again, I, I'm, I, I think of him the same way as Dan Quinn, where I don't know that I'm overly excited about it, but I'm optimistic about what he can bring. And certainly when you look at kind of quarterback development and what he did with Kyler Murray early in their time together uh, in, in Arizona, I think you can, you can like what you saw from that um, because he did do a good job of kind of managing expectations of Kyler early on in his career and, you know, running the ball a lot and putting him in, you know, trying to help him, you know, not have to drop back and throw 50 times a year, 50 times a game like uh, we saw last year. And so, uh, you know, you hope that he's learned some from whatever went south with that relationship and, you know, that offense is, uh, you know, at the end of his, at the end of his tenure, but um, he's certainly a guy who's shown creativity and inability to get the ball out to, you know, to his receivers. Um, look at some of the seasons DeAndre Hopkins had with him. You know, he had a 1400 yard season, I think in his first year there. And if it wasn't for injuries was on pace for, you know, another thousand plus yard season in his second year there. So, um, you know, I, I kind of try and look at some of the things that he did there and kind of equate those players to, you know, who Washington has and, you know, who Washington has a receiver. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic that he's going to be able to, uh, to, to to run an effective NFL offense um, uh, here in D.C. I'm just looking for the leadership quality on this football team compared to what was there because I know I heard a lot of talk about it. I'm talking about in the coaching staff. I heard a lot of talk, but when you watch stuff every week, you don't see improvement, and you see the same people on the field. That troubled me, and I hope that that does not remain. Yeah, I, I also think you need to find leadership in the locker room amongst the players as well. Um, Amen. You, know, you have you have a lot of players here who have grown up in the Washington organization, haven't seen it elsewhere in the NFL. You know, kind of don't know maybe what it takes to be you know a real leader, a real player leader, and uh, maybe that's you know. Maybe that's somebody that they that that uh, it's going to be somebody that they bring in through for agency, and I think that's a, a big gap in uh, in this team's resume. Yeah, I I have thought for some time. If you look at San Fran, one thing they've done out there, and and perhaps it's a zigging while everybody zags sort of thing, is they have one they've drafted well, but they have always had good linebackers, and I think. Um, I I could see a free agent kind of veteran linebacker landing here, and whether that I don't know that you go like somebody like Bobby Wagner is going to be thirty five, but Devin White will be a free agent. Um, I I just Levante David, I get that he's going to be thirty five years old, but that dude, that Tampa defense, like I think you get a tone setter, like a like somebody in the middle that that matters, that's your captain, and that will implement what Quinn and Joe Witt and these guys want. And and I kind of buy into that. I do I, – I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to watch. I also think there will probably be some releases as we get closer, you know, a couple weeks, a couple months from now. Um, it, it's it's going to be fascinating. I think – how much do you care, Mitch, at this point if Quinn was the first choice, the fifth choice, somewhere in the middle? I mean – Absolutely zero. Uh, we'll hear enough over the next, you know, three, four years about 
about how if, if this thing goes south, we'll hear enough about how this whole thing played out. But it doesn't really matter how they ended up here. What matters is what the results are from here as you go forward. And, you know, if if as Quinn, you know, I think pretty clearly wasn't their number one choice, you hope that Adam Peters and Josh Harris and company learned a lot from the process and you know, God willing, they don't have to go through this process again for another 10 years. But, you know, if they do, that they learn something from it and they're able to kind of adjust the adjust what they did to, to you know, to, to better maximize their, you know, whoever their number one pick in the future may be. But at the end of the day, Dan Quinn's here. You know, I, I, I kind of love like everything I've seen, you know, from him since he's been hired. And it's easy to be, you know, optimistic. But from even just the little clips that the team is, you know, putting out about him, you know, walking into the building and, you know, wanting to get to work and stuff like that. Go with it. Be optimistic. And, and, and I think there's there's reason enough to be optimistic here with a guy like Quinn. I hope you're right. I don't know that I share your sense of optimism. I think I'm more in the middle on this one. I, I, I don't think Quinn will be bad. I'm just not sure he's going to be good. Um, but I think it's going to be a, a really interesting time. Do you – so Landville very much is dismissive of Kingsbury. Um, Landville is dismissive think, of everybody. That's a good point. That's a good point. But does any part of you – do you think because they got Kingsbury, it's definitely going to be Caleb? Or do you think it's more of a coincidence that they got Kingsbury and Caleb happens to be coming out? I think it's a coincidence that they got Kingsbury and Caleb's coming out. At, at the end of the day, there's not going to be anybody that knows Caleb better than – than Kingsbury right now, you know, who's, who's in the NFL. And so you're going to have a, a, a real evaluation of it. But at the end of the day, I think when you look at previous ownership groups, if a guy like Kingsbury came in, that would indicate that Caleb Williams was coming here because somebody would get enamored with him and, and want to bring him. <laughs> what I think is best is that Kingsbury can stand on the table and say, I want Caleb Williams all he wants. But at the end of the day, Adam Peters is the guy that's going to be, you know, making that decision. And, the fact that Adam Peters was in San Francisco for the Trey Lance trade and has an understanding of how bad things can go, giving up a ton of assets in that capacity, I think you know can I think fans can can hopefully be at least uh, at least assuaged a little bit that that this isn't going to be you know a, a RG three type trade or something like that you know without real thought without real coaching input and, and thought about how the whole thing goes so. Um, you know, there's a lot to be, we're February 5th. We got, you know, two and a half months until the draft. There's going to be a lot more that comes out about Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot more that comes out about Jaden Daniels, you know, Drake May, the whole group. And, and as I've said here on this program before, and I've said on the Belt football podcast, I, I think Jaden Daniels is going to be a guy that once we get to Indianapolis and teams start talking to him and watch him run and, you know, do a couple of things, I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to challenge Caleb Williams for that number one overall pick kind of regardless of who has it. And uh, so maybe Caleb Williams ends up dropping to two anyways, and they can go get him without having to make a move if that's the guy that they want. I'm with you there, Mitchell. Uh, You heading out here, big man? I will be out in Ashburn uh, in the next uh, half hour or so. Looking forward to uh, seeing your smiling face. I bet you are. I bet (laughs) you are. Thank you for the time, Mitch. Appreciate you, you, brother. Hey, Guys, best of luck in Vegas, and 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 God bless. I I, I just keep the the tequila away from JP, and things should be okay. Oh, I will not <laughs> let him drink J- no tequila. I don't even like drinking tequila. All right, goodbye. You have. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs> I have. 
Um, here's what I want to do. I want to open the phone lines up specifically on the coordinators. I, I think that's the next conversation. I also think Chris Russell is here. So we'll see if we can wrangle Let him. Let us know when know. he comes in with his suitcase. Uh, he's here. He just popped his head into my oh, okay. cubby. So I'll, I'll see if I can track him down. Um, something important I wanted to discuss, though, especially with the Super Bowl coming up, ESPN Bet is now live in the DMV. As the official sportsbook of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get 100 bucks in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present within the state of Maryland or Virginia to participate. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Detail. All right, B. Plenty to kind of discuss getting ahead of these coordinator hires. I'm curious if folks want to weigh in on the coordinators. 800-636-1067. Um, now that the, those hires are official, mm-hmm. I imagine those guys are here, right? Don't you think they're physically here? If they're not, they're in route. <laughs> yeah. Because um, they got to get to work, though. Yeah. I doubt they'll talk today, but you know what else I'm really curious about? And I don't know this answer, but typically, I mean, we know this much, right? that the owners are going to be at the Super Bowl. When they get there, what they're going to do when they're there, that's up for debate. But there's always a uh, there's a special commissioner's Super Bowl party, either Friday or Saturday night, mm-hmm. that owners of all the teams go to. And these everybody's at those things. So these guys will be at the Super Bowl. In years past, we've seen Ron do Radio Row and various commanders – presence out there um doug and jason wright at one point mm-hmm. do you think there'll be any of that this year uh it's possible because i, I think that situation is you see a lot of people from different teams walking around doing stuff totally so i, I don't think that that was like something that's like this was a here or ron thing but I, I i don't know because depending on what they're going to make their their focus this off season or this time, you know they may go out there to make sure they show their face for some presence at the Super Bowl, but then they may be getting back to work. Right, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Well, we also know this. I mean, generally, the league probably doesn't love. There's a big press conference scheduled today because tonight is media night. Goodell's press conference is today. But I think if you're going to do it, you do it today. You kind of get it, get it out of the way. I think that's and, why it's at 2.30 instead of being like a 4 or 4 o'clock in the evening like you normally do. Well, and I think Washington has to get this done. And they're not going to tr- you know, try to handcuff these guys that just bought the team. Um, like this was a necessity, not a luxury. Yeah. But w- one thing I found really interesting, 
if you haven't seen it, there's a video going on Instagram and, and Twitter of Dan Quinn kind of making his arrival. Um, you can listen to that press conference live here on the fan at 2.30. Um, but one thing that's interesting is you, you've got Dan Quinn in the building now, and he's high-fiving everybody. And one of the guys he high-fived was Doug Williams in the video. You can watch it. And Doug Williams was on with our Doc Walker. I, was, I think believe this was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Doc was hosting the weekend show. And I thought Doug's comments about kind of the Rivera era were really pretty interesting. And I'd like to give everybody a chance to hear these. This is uh, – you know, Super Bowl MVP, Doug Williams. His his current role, I think, is special assistant to Jason Wright or something, but he has worked in a ton of different capacities here in Ashburn for the Commanders, talking with Doug Williams. Talk we had the last re- regime that said that, you know, he changed the culture. Uh, Doc, you and I both know, uh, you know, I don't feel no culture change, you know, yeah. number one. And then the culture change comes when everybody's together and you find a way to win. That's culture. You know, you, you can't go out the way we, we've gone out the last uh, three years or so and, and say, you know, the culture has been changed. It has not been changed. I'm, you know, fortunately, I'm, I'm in there. I've been in there. And, you know, I don't say much, but I, I look and I listen. And, and it whole, ain't a whole lot of change. You know what? Make it that be. Well, it's, it's no different than what I said to you. And this is the problem. When they came in discussing culture change, and everyone would talk about Dan Snyder, and then they started making moves in the front offices and stuff like that, that culture did change. But that culture changed as soon as Dan was out the building. But the culture that I, and I'm sure Doug and Doc, former players, thinking about was on the field the winning aspect of it. Because when you don't have anything to worry about, you normally have more focus on the football field. But the culture was said was changed, but we heard a coach tell us after the season that he coached, he uh, managed for three and a half years. So what culture was he changing outside of football? Because he wasn't coaching the players. And that is where I'm at. I'm like, okay, when I see some winning, I know – a culture is really changing. When I see players getting on each other, see, I don't say on a certain person, on each other, because that goes both ways. You know, if I mess up, let me know. If you mess up, I need to let you know, and we shouldn't have animosity with it. Have I seen that? No. When I hear multiple players telling me, well, I get myself ready, you know, I just tell those guys they got to get themselves ready. That's not culture change, bro. That's individualism. So the culture of what we were probably thinking when we heard it, that hadn't changed. But the culture of what was happening behind closed doors, that should have changed. <laughs> it was destroying a team. It, made, it was so bad that it made a dude have to run away from a football team, which no one wants to do. So if I hear anything about culture now, it's about players' mindset and what they do to get themselves prepared for a game. Not the rest of the stuff. I would love to get through this press conference today without hearing the word culture once. If he says culture, meaning what's happening on the field, I'm with it. But you it's can't tell me about what's his... happening. You can't tell me what's happening out there in, in, in on planes and things of that nature. It's not even Dan Quinn's fault 
if he says the word culture. I just nobody here wants to hear it because Bruce Allen talked about culture, and then Ron came in to change the culture, and yeah, Doug Williams the of all people, for those Doug people. Williams <laughs> is saying it didn't change. Yeah, I've had the conversation with you a lot. I told you wasn't know, nothing I different. I mean, we, we 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 this is what we do as media guys. We give the people that come in the benefit of the doubt. We take their words. I do it. Then when I start sitting there looking at it, and I realize, well, they're like the same ish to me. You know what I mean? Then I know that you weren't talking about what I was talking about or what I'm thinking about. And I would say, I'll go on a limb. I would guess 90%, 99% of the fans want the culture of winning, competing, being able to be something that they could be proud of. That's the culture they want changed. Because the other stuff, for the most part, we didn't know what the hell was going on. We hear reports. We didn't know. So the culture we want changed is what we can actually touch and feel. That's winning games, being consistent. And also, when you step into a game, we know that there's a chance we can win, not that we, not that we can't. I think everybody is ready for culture. Yeah. And, like, we no longer have to define the culture. Because, really – Everything started with this culture conversation because Bruce Allen said, you know, the culture is good. We just got to win. No, like ignore the rest of it and just the win. The culture is good. We just got to win. If you were winning, the culture would be proven to be good. Right. See, this is the problem with this area. It has always been everything else, then we win. How about winning? Which means that, you know what, you're, you're putting a – an emphasis on the winning aspect, which means you have to get on the same page. Everybody got to be pushing for the same things. But we always were concerned about everything else. We winning off the field. That that statement right there told me everything I need to know. Who gives it? What fan pays their money to go to a game and they give a damn about them winning off the field? They care about them winning on the field. Okay? And you got Josh and his crew comes in, and I'm talking about everybody with some level of a nice, nice income. And all they talk about is winning and trying to be a steward of this uh, franchise and things like that. They are not talking about money because I think they all understand. If you win, all of that other stuff is taken care of naturally. Here, here. I I agree with you, dude. Um, I have a little bit of news primarily for the landfill. Um, Landini... Uh, Chris Russell is here. I've already alerted you to that. But I also think it's important that you understand, for whatever reason, he's brought all of his dry cleaning here. Um, I, <laughs> of course I, he did. Perhaps I'll send you a photo of Please how do. much Please dry cleaning do. there is. Um, now, now, I will confess Why does he that, bring his dry cleaning? He could have left that in the car. Well, B, I brought a, a sport coat shirt tie to change into because I didn't feel like – wearing a shirt and tie while doing four hours of radio when I don't need to be dressed until 2.30, right? But I didn't. I only brought the, the clothing that I'm going to put on and nothing else. Okay. Chris has – I'm going to send I'll, – I'll drop a photo. You know what? I'll drop a photo on Twitter just to let the world know. Um, and, and we'll go from there. Chris Russell joins us next with an inordinate amount of dry cleaning. <laughs> hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Last year at the Super Bowl, Gronk went wide left on FanDuel's kick of destiny. Now he's back for Kick of Destiny 2, and this time you can play alone. 
All you have to do is choose if Gronk will make or miss. Get your free pick in right now because if you're right, you'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets. Everyone can get in on the action when Gronk takes his shot at redemption before Super Bowl 58. Whether you're a team make or team miss, just head to FanDuel Sportsbook to get your pick in. It's absolutely free. Then tune in before the game to see Gronk's kick live. You'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets if you're right. New to FanDuel? Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old, the president of Virginia. No purchase necessary. $10 million prize pool to be split equally among all eligible participants who made the correct pick. Prize issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. B. Mitchell Finley, 1067. The fan. Uh, quickly, I want to address this for others with this question. My man Alfred Ortiz on Twitter says, hey, can you guys extend your show today to cover the press conference? It's going to air live right here it's on It's going to be on 1067. So you're good, man. Alfred, uh, um, we could extend the show if you're going to ex- ex- extend a check to us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Grant Daniel have it all covered. Right now, helping us cover everything is the one and only Chris Russell, the rooster. Hello, Roostizzle. How do you do? Cock-a-doodle-doo, boys. How are we? Um, Why are your clothes at the place, man? <laughs> You're not even hearing you know about this. Of course. I, I, I may have discussed we have a spy. it. I, I was going to say, uh, I'm sure JP didn't mention it. Um, so here's the deal. You know I'm a disaster, number one. Number two, I spill everything all over myself, so I had to bring back up, and I went to the dry cleaner on my way here, and I figured, you know, it's first time meeting Dan Quinn, first time meeting Adam Peters. Maybe, just maybe, I might want to look a little bit halfway decent. That is not the issue, because if you look over your left shoulder, you'll notice I, too, brought clothes to change into. Yeah, but you're a TV guy. I'm not. What the hell? All you need is a shirt, is a coat and tie, and you brought all of your dry cleaning. That's my question. Well, okay, so here's the deal. You know when you go to a dry cleaner and you have five or six items, they bunch them all together and they and they put it like a rubber band or whatever around it? Just mm-hmm. pop it. I didn't feel like separating it all in my car and having it flop all over the place, so I just grabbed it and walked 100 feet with it on hangers. In all I didn't think it was Chris, that big of a deal. I, I'm asking you a question. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest about this now. Yeah. How old are you? Um, I'm 50, B. And you don't know how to separate stuff without it flopping all over the place. <laughs> Brian, I, I don't even know how to tie a tie, so I, I don't know what really? you guys expect of me. I have no idea. Why do you I, think hey, I'm not wearing one? Bring, I can bring, tie a tie Bring them you. into the studio. I'll do it for you. JP going to teach you that little whack-ass single knot. I'm going to teach you the Windsor. Usually, usually Danny's my guy, funny Danny, um. uh, because it's you know usually something I need after work. But in this case, but, but Chris, I, sorry to, I'm sorry to disappoint. Take the road band off. Uh-huh. Take the stuff you need. Put the yeah. road band back on. Hang it up on the little hanging thing in the car. Yeah, I, I'm an idiot. What can I tell you? <laughs> um, Landfill, are you at all surprised that Rooster brought his entire dry cleaning into the media annex in in, in Ashburn? I'm not, but I do think it showed a remarkable amount of self-awareness. He knows that he's going to spill on those clothes, so he has backups. I I think, you know, I like to give the rooster a hard time. 
I would like it if a 50-year-old could, uh, you know, go two hours without messing himself, but at least he's prepared. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Thanks, you mean Phil. Himself I, with I guess the I'll food. take that no, as a, yeah, yeah. No, okay, with, I'm about to say, like I'm about to, hey, man, we're going to put you on hey, one of them big pampers. What makes I mean, you so confident? Of, of Paisano's pizza out there. I mean, uh, you've you know. got... You've got an hour and 40 minutes until this presser. What makes you so confident? Because Landfill, more so interesting to me, Rooster has already changed from his regular day-to-day clothes into his Clark Kent Superman clothes. What makes you think you're not going to spill between now and 2.30? So I'm having water. If you spill that, it will dry and not make a stain. I'm going to do my best to avoid the 12 boxes of pizza that's waffling. Over under .5 slices of pizza. Over. Before over. the press conference yes. or after? Before. Over. I'll say, I'll say under. You're not going to have any pizza. No, because there is no doubt, no doubt what's going to happen. I'm telling you, even if I put a plate up to my chin, one of my chins, it is going to soil through. <laughs> Landville, you think Rooster is going to sit here for one hour and 39 minutes and not have a slice of pizza? There's a 0% chance he's going to eat the pizza. It's going to spill on the shirt. And the thing is, we've seen multiple shirts. We've seen multiple coats. We haven't seen multiple pairs of pants. That Some, some little tomato sauce is going to drip down. It's going to get the shirt, the coat, and the pants. And he's not going to have anything to do with it. And then Adam Peters is going to see him, and he's going to start laughing at him. I mean, I'm trying to avoid all this, but I do have a backup pair. Of, I do have a backup pair of slacks. Where? In case you're wondering. Hold on, there's slacks in there too. Yes. I didn't even see that oh, on Lord. one of the hooks. Now, traditionally, it was like two sport jackets, two dress shirts, <laughs> and something else. I forgot. So you brought to Ashburn. I mean, I mean, can you at least can you coats. at least mention that I have my best buddies you lapel do, your pin? Your best buddies lapel okay. pin looks great. I support them. Best that's, buddies. That's the most coat. important thing. You brought. Two sport coats, two dress shirts, two pairs of slacks to what is probably going to be a 30-minute press conference. I am nothing but prepared. i got to do a three-hour show. Yeah, but and is I any of that a... televised? No, but I might have a special <laughs> guest afterwards. So, I mean, do I want to look like a slob? I mean, I already look terrible as it is. Oh, how do Lord. you plan on letting Dan Quinn know how much you approve of his hire? Mr. Quinn, how you doing? I'm Chris Russell. I absolutely love you. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know if I'm going to get the opportunity to ask a question because of the way uh, the show works, and I've got to, you know, throw to the press conference and then mosey on over there. Oh, I can't wait to see you running over there in a suit. It's going to be great. Uh, It's going to be so non-distracting. Everyone's going to watch me walk in. (laughs) God, I'm hoping those doors are open uh, so I could just easily slip in the back and listen. Um, B, you know where we are. How long do you think it's going to take Rooster from here to the front doors without causing a scene? From the little room we we normally in? Yeah. To there. Oh, he's going to do it a little faster. He's going to get in about a minute and a half. Yeah, but that second part, JP, he'll definitely be causing a scene. <laughs> uh, see, that's what I'm worried about. B, I appreciate your, your patron uh, – not your patron – your um, – <laughs> Uh, your confidence in me. I, I do appreciate uh, it's, that. It's and about, I would probably it's about put it at 330. That too. Okay, I'm going to go two yeah. minutes and a half. Of all no, the people who are going to be long. there, who's the one guy most likely to have his cell phone go off during the press conference? Uh, Russell? There's a lot the of folks out Russell. here. <laughs> there's a lot of folks out here that that may not be like kind of public, and, and that as many people know them. There are. I got some. I, I don't know that I'd put Rooster at the top of the cell phone going off list. Who would you put up there? 
Come on. I can text you. Come on, dog. Put them on first read. We like that. No, they're non-forward-facing people. They're you do like it to us all the time. You're a forward-facing person. Well, we're going to make him forward-facing. Um, <laughs> I would say this. My, my phone is likely to be down, period, because I'm doing the radio show from here, like you guys are, and I have to have the, the volume down for that. Otherwise, Tyler, my son, will call me literally every segment asking, <laughs> asking to talk to DQ because right. he's already on the DQ train. I, I would hope so. Yeah. Um, he knows his dad has stuck his neck out. In, in you love of, saying this. No, I don't think you've stuck your neck out. I have. I'm a I, very unpopular. Very unpopular. But I hire. also think you wallow in it. Like, you love acting like a martyr. Like, oh, my God, everybody hates Dan Quinn. I'm the only one that likes him. I don't. Ask Brian how he feels. No, I know. I know. I know Brian's good. I, I, I know you're fine. It's just the idiots. It's not that what I, I would have done. It's not what I would have okay. done. But, but see, they've that's, done it. That, yeah. That's the problem right there. You are concerned about the, like you said, the idiots on X. <laughs> Don't, yeah, dude. If I, you I mean, are going, to, I, I definitely need to adopt some Brian Mitchell. If you're gonna base uh, your mindset you know, on that, you are about to lose all I, of it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I need to get way better at it, and I'm not. I'm not good at it. Um, you're supposed to dictate to what's going on, not let them dictate to you. Yeah. Are you wearing? A significant amount of cologne. Uh, I'm wearing some. I wanted to make sure I smelled good. Did you just put it on or something? Yeah, about 15 minutes ago. Okay, and then you came Couple into this spritzes. small room. Not not right away, but Chris, I mean, don't worry about do JP. I, do I smell JP sexy or no? JP don't like putting on nothing. He Is it wears, Axe body he spray? Because that's, that's Russell's <laughs> fragrance of choice. It's not Axe body spray. What about well, red wine actually, vinegar? Because no. you also dump that on yourself pretty frequently. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually a, it's actually like a good cologne. I forgot the name of it though. Wow, it's not as it's not as good, not as, good as, v, as V Mitch's. No, it's not. A, <laughs> it's, what? So good, it's so good he forgot the name. Right, yeah. <laughs> Landfill. What are the odds that Russell bought the knockoff version of a good cologne, and that's why he doesn't remember the name? Yeah, pretty it's, pretty solid. <laughs> it cost me like ninety dollars oh, for the bottle. That's real whoa, stuff. Whoa, whoa! You are that rich that you're buying ninety dollar cologne? I buy zero dollar cologne. Yeah, you I mean, don't, I you don't s- wear none. I wear deodorant that's scented. Hey, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm rich, number one. Deodorant wears off after a while, Jay. Yeah. Listen, the <laughs> cologne Rooster is wearing definitely does not wear off. It, it's, it's, <laughs> does, he have on, does he have on some of that, Jeff? Did it, you over-apply, it, Rooster? I, there may I have may been over application. I may have. <laughs> it smells good. It's I mean, just, here's the thing: you and I are locked in a right, right. eight by ten foot room. And but if somebody comes to visit me in a closed room, you don't want it to smell like like what? Well, stuff. farts and take out. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you. So you're not you're not worried that that possibly I don't know who your interview may be. But Dan maybe Quinn is allergic to that cologne. Well, maybe it's a new head coach, new GM, new D coordinator, mm. whoever it may be. You don't think they're going to walk into that little room and wonder, gee, it's weird there's dry cleaning hanging up. They're going to just say, damn, this fella smells good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's going to shake out. Yeah. And if they mention it on the air, uh, they could bust my chops. They wouldn't be the first, and they sure as hell ain't going to be the last. Um, which <laughs> coordinator hire do you like more? Uh, I think the safer one is Joe Witt. I think the one I like and I'm more intrigued and has the more upside is Cliff Kingsbury. Thank you for your time. I know Thank you got you a boys. show coming Appreciate up. you. All right, that brother. is Chris Russell. When we return, Barry Sverluga joins the program.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.